I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to James and Flav for now. We are back. Flav's looking resplendent, looking refreshed in his studio. We've both gone with dark colours, which I think is generally fine. Although I've had um, I've had some um, costume issues, actually, over the last three weeks whilst I've been in Qatar. Um, what do you mean? Well, so what happened was I sort of thought, I thought, right, off to Qatar. They've shown me the view of like the background that we're going to have in the Sukhwa Keith in Qatar. And I thought, this is exciting. And I thought, I thought, do you know what? I'm probably going to get a bit of a tan here. Maybe I'm going to bring, yeah, I'm going to bring white shirts. I lost a bit of weight as well. Let's show off the arms. I, I, that's what I thought. <laughs> and then I get there and they, the, it was so sunny that they went, oh, we're having a bit of a problem with the backdrop. It's a bit overexposed. So if you can not wear anything too light or too dark. And I was like, what does that mean because uh, all i had was yeah dark tops or white tops which is annoying Jim, and now before, we've, so before, well before we get into kind of like your your experiences in qatar it's just it is bizarre that you've been out there for three weeks what yeah. do you make what do you make of and we're going to talk about that aren't we at depth like what you've been up to and what's been going on sure. in qatar what did you make of the, the World Cup overall? Because it's over now, right? We can forget the rest of it even exists. It's over. Yeah. Well, England I mean, are out. Fuck the rest. I'm not yes. watching a single minute of it. Fuck it. Well, but. so so obviously, yeah. So we, I mean, there are the semi-finals and the final. Uh, we're not recording this before uh, Messi versus Modric, which, the, like, you know, warning, maybe a tiny bit of football chat. I did think, right, if if Modric like tears up Argentina tonight and gets that Croatia team who are so average to another final. Have we been talking about the wrong bloke the whole time? What like, as opposed to Messi? Like, I mean, we've been what... talking about Ronaldo, we've been talking about Ronaldo and Messi I mean, for could, this whole time. Modric has done more from Croatia than both Ronaldo and Messi have done for their respective countries. If he makes it together, well, probably now, including the, the Euros win, including the Euros win. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I mean, wouldn't can we just say quickly? Wouldn't it be great if Messi gets a hamstring today, tonight, and misses out on the final? Oh God, <laughs> I feel so good about that. that That's a good amazing. question as well. How you, how do you feel about the Messi like, loving? Is there a loving? Is there not? See this. So this is what's going to be interesting. It's like you can tell me the kind of. The yeah, Western what's... ways, and I can yeah, kind of give I'm, you the I'm, the Qatari yeah. ways. Uh, this is what I'm saying. I'm fascinating by what how you've experienced the World Cup being there and what right. you've experienced here. I, I wouldn't say there was a love in for him at all. Not not from the media. The the, the the narrative about him winning a World Cup finally in his last World Cup that is there. But I don't think they're talking about it in a way that's well, apparently it is happening, and I've just avoided it. I know Ollie and Morgan are saying in the comments that there has been a love in. Um, Chat, like, so we've got we've got Flav giving the Western ways, but then we've got sense check from the chat. This, this is good. 
This is good. I, I, I would say maybe maybe my own. Well, I don't. No, I mean, it's a na- media narrative. I don't think you'll find any person in the street that wants Messi to win this World Cup. Well, like, I think you've got this wrong. I think you're miles off. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to share a pint with anybody who wants to sit down and, and wants Messi to to win this. No, I mean, so to... not over England or anything like that. Uh, obviously, it'd be much better if Modric won it. What about his last World Cup? Much better for Modric. I've re- I mean, I think it goes Argentina. Oh, that's a no, good question. What, what I think it, I, he wants so, Manchester City to win the league. I think so, so. Argentina over France for sure. My driver here is it's one of those where it's like if Morocco win it, you're like, oh come on, for fuck's oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, but for fuck's sake, England. You just fucking uh, win one. Even Morocco are winning it. Like that would be, that would annoy me. So in terms of the yeah. emotional drivers, this is oh I think we've stumbled across something here. Because I think in life there are like there are emotional drivers, right? And with this, so your emotional driver is Modric. So you're going, okay, let's give it to Modric, which are all valid and you know, it's a no. country of the country of like three million, blah, 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 blah. My emotional driver is I I hate Ronaldo. I've always yeah, hated I him. I hate him. I don't like what he's about. I don't like how he yeah, behaves. We hate, we, hate him. we hate him. And if Messi wins the World Cup, it's it's like the conversation's over. We can stop doing this conversation about who's the greatest. It's done. And to be honest, this the, over this tournament up from so what so what I've seen, right? This is really interesting by the way. What's been really interesting for me is the fact that although I'm in Qatar and you're around people there, sort of, and we can get into that, what you are really tasting in terms of um, understanding of the people's opinion is Twitter. It's Twitter and that's about it, really. That's, that is... Which is a horrible place that's to sad. be. That's really sad to hear. Yeah, it's, so it's that and it's, and it's TikTok. It's that everywhere though as well, isn't it? It's fast yeah. becoming that. Yes, and it's that and it's TikTok. And so what I found as and like the hypocrisy in me is, is, is like huge, obviously, with all of this. And again, we can break down that as well because I, I went to, I was desperate to watch Messi at a World Cup. And then I'm getting annoyed when I'm go when I go on TikTok or Twitter, and all people will talk about is which one's better. And also, me and you are now talking about it within yeah, I'm nine minutes it. of I'm a podcast, and you're hating every I'm second hating of it. Fine. Well, look, you don't have to. You don't have to talk about it. You don't no. have to bring it up. But I've stopped ha- thinking about this when we were, <laughs> we were doing this discussion when we had nothing else to talk about at Ball Street seven years ago. <laughs> what, yeah, it's what we do a video it, on that, yeah. It's international break. What are we going to do? Shit, Look, who is better between Ronaldo and Messi is one of the most mundane, banal conversations you can possibly have about football. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, we can talk about why they're better than Pele. I mean, I mean, I know he's poorly at the moment. He can't sort of shit on his career. But you know, there is, he's, they're, they're, they're 10 times better. They've achieved so much more than Pele that has achieved. That's that's an interesting conversation. Mm. Let's, ne- never won the World Cup though, did they? Never won the World Cup. That's see that see that's the thing. So that's why well, the reason I would like Messi to win it, or I'm t- certainly okay with it, is that it ends. The conversation is over. How about this? I, I've got I, I've got a compromise. I've got a compromise for you, Jim. I say, but this is what I reckon. I'm okay with Argentina winning the World Cup if Messi get, Messi gets injured tonight and can't lift the trophy. So he's contributed. He's won the World Cup. He just hasn't played in the final. That I'd, I'd happily see that happen. Okay, that'd be that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, why do you want him not playing in the final then? Because it's just I'm just bored of like people sucking him off all the time. Yeah. Shit, keep the I know, and I'm one of those, sadly, because of watch like watching him was mental. Oli said, Oli, yeah, Oli, Oli just says. He would still lift it. Yeah, no, yeah, he would go up and go, I'm going to take the glory, guys, because he's messy and he has the ego. I did nothing to contribute to this 90 minutes, but I'm going to lift the trophy. He would, and that yeah. just shows the man he is. When he did, didn't he? The, um, well, um, so Morgan, so Morgan, this, this is you, right, isn't it? So m- me and Morgan met in Qatar, I think. Mm. Did he have his hat on? Did so Morgan said, off topic, 
Um, on one of our patrons, you would become patron. Links in the description. Um, off topic, but Thogden is a gremlin. His dad, his dad took a photo of me gutted after we lost to France. Grow up. Um, what? what? <laughs> no, we didn't. Oh, Morgan. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm getting confused. You met with someone else. I met with someone else. Sorry, I met with... So, oh God, I'm getting confused with names now. Because basically, so one of the... I mean, God, getting into like being there then. Obviously, I went to, I went to 17 games. 17 games. It was like, to the point where it was like, oh, like it was, it was, there was so many games. Fortunately, obviously it's a competition, so it's not like a league format. Because if it was a league format, it went to 17 games, I literally would have, I don't know what I would have done. But Jim, I, I, I watched, some, I, here, I watched more games, more minutes of football in this World Cup. I know there was more games, but I, I watched so much football. And, you know, I don't really, uh, I, I do find football, can be tedious at times, but this is kind of I feel rejuvenated by this this World Cup. It's just unfortunate that it happened in Qatar. But I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed watching football during this World it, Cup. It, well, um, so what's that? Where's that come from? Is that this from the constant sort of Tottenham pressure that you'd not had in these three months, weeks? I think yeah, that, that I guess removing any kind of I didn't like because I don't feel about England the way I do about Spurs. I yeah. can watch England relax, like when they got beat by France. I didn't really feel anything. I just went on with my night. I slept well and didn't think about it again, really. Yeah. Um, Don't you think that... I get the feeling everyone feels that way. Like, people going after it. Yeah, yeah, of course, they do. Most people are club over country. No, no, sorry. But, I mean, this... I mean, specifically this tournament. Coming back to what you were saying about how did I feel about Qatar and how did you guys feel about Qatar. I'm interested to know how, how everyone's felt watching it here because from the reports I've had back... So, for example, views have been really bad across the board and have sort of panicked a lot of YouTubers when they've kind of been out there. Yeah. And there's a few reasons for that. One is, especially when you get into a group stage, um, you have four games a day. So in terms of putting out content, people are either watching the game or watching highlights of the game. They're not really interested in what you've got to say about it. And as we know, the sort of um, the life cycle. Sorry, it's so hot cold up here i'm just gonna put the heat back on um it's <laughs> the life cycle of things is shelf life of things it's so fast moving and it's so saturated with loads of football content that everyone's views have been like bad but also when i've sort of had that conversation with a few people they've gone oh no one cares here no one no one's bothered about the world cup at all would you agree with that no i wouldn't at all yeah. I, there, there's two things um i, I think people i think Look, look. From a YouTuber's perspective, you need you need the um, the people to be passionate about the clubs that you're or the teams that you're talking about. Um, we know from from working on World Cup content and Euros content ever since Ball Street, you see the views disappear because people are not invested in the way they are about their clubs. Right. You you do well on England, but yeah. you're one of the very few that actually do. Um, you know, so I I think it's less. It's more that there's less. Um, what, what do you call it? There's uh, there's a word. There's less needle, basically. There's there's right. people are more much more passionate about club football than they are about international football. So that I wouldn't, if I was a YouTuber, I wouldn't be panicking about this because the views are going to go back to, back to normal when when um, the club season begins. This is a part of it. Mm. But in terms of the interest of the World Cup, everyone I've spoken to, look, you got once you've removed all the political aspects of it, in order to have this conversation, you have to. Um, People have have loved it. People are talking about it. I've had loads of conversations saying it's, this is probably the best World Cup they've ever watched in terms of entertainment value. Really? Yeah. What? I what? guess just because of the the results that we've seen. It's been. Yeah, 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 and the, yeah. Big, and the upsets and the fact that the. Do you remember I, I said something on the podcast about a year ago when we talk about I think it was that that basically the big nations shouldn't be made to go through shitty qualifying grounds, mm. right? The level of the sh- worst teams. Like Qatar were garbage, but other than Qatar that, was so everyone was bad. It was unbelievable. Well, they're not. They've got sixteen. What is it? Fifth? Is it a twelve man, twelve team league, sixteen team league? Yeah, they're just garbage. It should never have been there. But you know, they, that yeah, was a mad way. Because we, we obviously we get there, everything's like like doused in, um, you know, put you know, it's so politicized. Everything's like, oh, this is a disgrace of a tournament. All that stuff. 
and you kind of get there and then we we had this mad first night where we tried to go to this fan park and after the few brief conversations we've had the one thing i was sort of saying to you is that the sort of logistics and the training of the the uh, workers there was was quite uh, incredibly limited and so i've i've never and i never will be asked to go no just just keep going around more in my life than i have in the last three weeks it was honestly <laughs> around the stadium it was incredible because no one no one knew no one knew anything so you're trying to get into the stadium and they're just going to just just park can you so, just move so my first exactly so me? for my first my first experience of it was like well qatar um ecuador let's go to the fan park it's going to be it's, you know there's going to be a lot of people there it's going to be really interesting let's see how many are there any qatar fans actually here um and there were because we all went there but then you just had these workers who had not been trained properly and didn't have the, i guess the years of experience that you would have if you're in Germany or the UK or whatever. Yeah. And so all they kept doing was going, let's get this off my plate. Now keep going around, yeah. keep going around. But I'm like, but there's a, there's a massive opening there that we could go through here. And I can I can see there's no one the other side. Anyway, it basically kept going round and round and round and round until it bottlenecked. And there was, a, I've told you this, but like there was a moment where someone was holding up their child because it was getting so cramped. And I, I said to Seb, who's my producer out there, I was like, let's get out of here. Like, like, I'm not, what are we doing here? Like, what are we trying to achieve? So we left and then walked for an hour. So this wasn't a stadium. This was a fan park. It's just a fan park. Yeah. And I, I met Vooj was on the inside and I was like, is there any, is it rammed? Is it? And he's like, there's no one in it. But it, because of the poor organization, everyone was just outside. So that was a bit of a car crash. And then we like walked about a, an hour found <coughs> finally found a um a hotel that had a bar rooftop bar we got to the top of this rooftop bar and what then fo- yeah 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 drinks yeah drink you can you can get drinks you can find drinks um and they four minutes in there was that offside goal that was disallowed and we looked at each other the whole everyone in there just went Oh no, like this is like not even, it's not even like subtle corruption. Like they've literally gone, right, what can we make up here? Let's say it's offside. It turns out obviously it was offside, but like the whole world. I saw your tweet. We all, but we all thought it, it was like, <laughs> it was such a great example of see, see it's corrupt. And, and mm. that is a like, and of course it of course it is in terms of how it, they got it mm. but being there you know over time you start to get a, a broader picture of of like the fact that there's a lot of people there and it was interesting to see the western take on it all through twitter and and obviously it all calms down once the games kind of once the first set of games happen and everyone said their piece about how bad this world cup is and I'm not trying to say that with any kind of disrespect, like because I think the, the obviously the reasons are completely yep. valid. But um, I thought there was one comment from Gary Neville, which I thought it sort of I sat with it for a bit, and because initially, you know, as a Western person, I I sort of um, flinched a little bit, and he said the Middle East should definitely have a World Cup. There should be World Cups in the Middle East. And initially I went, oh, you can't say, I, we, there's so much, God, there's so much, I'm so bored of watching apology videos. I've seen so many bloody apology videos over the last like couple of months, right? That, uh, that happened. He said, oh, the Middle East should have a World Cup. And I went, oh, you, can, ooh, you can't say when, that. When, when, what's the timeline of this? When did he say that? He said this, I think about a week into it, maybe. And what was his point though? What was his angle? Because the people saying, you know, should the World Cup be here, or Keane's saying it shouldn't be here. Um, and I think the thing that I realise is that is how much opportunity we are afforded as Western football fans, and I just think the world is just littered with constant judgment, haranguing, and demanding for you to fit my box. Like in you, like 
And obviously there are some basic elements in life. But I think what was really revealing to me was the othering that I do to the Middle East and the othering that the West does to the Middle East. And what do you mean othering? Like, so, for example, I went to Portugal, Uruguay, and I didn't enjoy it. And the reason I didn't enjoy it was because I walked out and there was so many Portugal fans and they've all got a Ronaldo shirt on. And um, I'm walking in there and I'm thinking, I know, you start to know the amount of fans that are from the countries of those countries as you're, you know, knocking about and you go to the games. You see which which countries are better represented than others. Portugal and Uruguay are very similar in terms of the amount of people. Yet three quarters of the stadium was filled with Ronaldo shirts. Was this locals? And it was locals, yeah. So and so initially, and I think in the moment, I think I bet I would have said something snobby where I would have gone, like if Ronaldo is from Uruguay, this the color of the stadium is completely different. It's bl- it's light blue. It's not it's not maroon. That was the that I think that was um, one of my takeaways from from the World Cup was how much of a shame that was. So what? So as, so just yeah, to finish sorry. that off, and because uh, I'm intrigued to hear what you say about this, but the, mm. just to finish it off, what I then what you then realise though is we we go. I know football from grassroots i know it ingrained in my in my entire culture ingrained in my family i go and watch qpr and i'm you know that's my team and everyone who's there is from us generally the, the same kind of area and you know and there's all of that and there's that that form of community right but the more I thought about it is that we've had we've had World Cup after World Cup and Champions League after Champions League and Premier League season after Premier League season where you could just go to a game if you want to go to a game. In the Middle East, the opportunity, first of all, the opportunity to go and watch the best players in the world is not is not available, has never been available to any of these people. Because when we think of the Middle East, we think of these shakes and we think of you know, we think of everyone dressed in, in white gowns. We think of that. But there's a whole population of people there that in their entire life, first of all, have never been to these kind of games or this quality of football. But secondly, what's been provided to them in terms of their outlook of football is Messi versus Ronaldo. It's the top of, of the top of the top. They don't know. They yeah. don't know all the nuance of it. They don't know all the yeah. songs. They don't, and they don't. They, they're, you know, they're from Qatar, so they don't have a horse. Uh, dog in the fight. Horse in the fight. Dog in the fight. So they don't have any of this opportunity that we've had throughout. We've always had England at every tournament. We've been able to go and support them at every tournament. We've been able to go there, wear our England shirt, and go, yeah. I'm English. I should be here. All these people haven't been able to have any of that. So, yes, they're missing certain elements of the nuance of it all. But they also, they deserve an opportunity to go and watch these games as much as I do. And also, the hypocrisy in all of it is one thing I wanted to do whilst I was there was watch Lionel Messi live. An English bloke being around all these Argentinian fans, stealing a seat from an Argentinian fan to go and watch Lionel Messi because I wanted to. And somehow I think it's okay for me. But when we look at everyone else, we turn up our nose. I thought yeah. that was revealing. I, don't, I, I think that's fair, a fair point. I think that the, there's a reason why, you know, so many people would want to, it's, the locals would want to go and see Ronaldo playing Messi, you know, because they've, they've been fed that. But I think, like you say, it's the same anywhere. I remember listening to Spurs fans say, and I'm looking forward to watching Messi play against Tottenham. In the Champions League, when we played Barcelona at <laughs> Wembley, which I didn't understand, I was like, "Well, what do you mean? Like, don't we want to win, or do you want to see Messi? Do you want to win, or, or do you want to watch Messi? If you want to watch Messi, then fucking go and buy a ticket to Barcelona at a new camp and go and watch him, not against your own club." That was my feeling of it. The other thing is um, that, that all the reasons that you just said is probably a reason why another reason why they should never have had the World Cup. I think you, to some degree you need a, a level of football football culture in order to host the World Cup, uh, and there but are many you- more. Des- but that's, well, well, I don't think that's right. I'm not saying, well, I do. I, I think it's right because there are football cult, foot, countries that are steeped in football culture that have never had a chance to host the World Cup, much more so than Qatar. 
the reason why Qatar got the World Cup was because of the amount of money they they were willing to to pay to get it. But like, when when has there ever been a Scandinavian World Cup? As have there been bid? I mean, have there been bids for it? I guess that's the look. I mean, I get what you're saying. I think money obviously is a like I said myself. The way they got the World Cup is a stain. It is. Yeah, we know. Yeah, and we, we have to get yeah. past that. And and yeah. and their their feelings on you know, the feelings on on gay rights. You know, all of that. We know, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. apparent. Um, but but the basis of like allowing the World Cup, which is a celebration of football and what it football can provide to the world and because uh, it is like that that you know that that side of it is is stunning and and we need to retain it and i saw it you know like it's a that's another thing you know you talk about england fans but uh, that was a one thing i was like i'm generally uh, we are we have got a long english football fans are not the best in the world we're miles off it and the way that we the way that we look and um Football was an escape for so many people, but for a lot of the way that English people uh, escape through football is pretty ugly, like in comparison to all these other fans. But sorry, to come back to the the Qatar thing, I I think if a Middle East country looks, puts a bid forward to have the World Cup, look, I don't enjoy it in the winter, but it, it was done and it got done as an opportunity to to allow you know to spread football around the world i don't i don't see a problem with that at all no I, I, all right that's fine but as long as it's more than money that comes into the reason why they get it they have to understand the nature of um of how football works and by your own admission they didn't get that in 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 qatar like, well it's i think the, there's fandom and then there's infrastructure like the infrastructure was was very much for show the lack, of, the knowledge of the people on the ground was really poor, um, but also the stadiums were half full, all of them, barring the uh, barring the Argent, Argentina and, and it, was maybe, half, it wasn't half full. It wasn't half. There was tons tons of seats available, mate. There were tons of seats. There were there like. were there were definitely seats available. Um, I wouldn't go half was full. That? I get that. But, why, uh, why was that? Because there were princes with bundles and bundles and bundles of tickets in their pockets that I weren't mean, available to to fans. That's I I I wouldn't dispute that. I wouldn't dispute that at all. Um, it's not. I, I get it's, it. It's, there's many reasons why Qatar shouldn't have had the World Cup, and one of them is no football heritage. Is it, and it's important. It's important. A massive part of it. It sounds almost gammon what I'm saying, but I, I stand by it. There should be the country should have the countries the populace should have. You can learn about football. It's not difficult to do that. It's you know the 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 the, the fact that there was. In the Holland game, Netherlands versus Argentina, there was essentially three rows of Holland fans, and that was it. There looked like there was about two hundred of them, and in, in the entire stadium to watch their nation play, it just doesn't. It didn't feel right. It didn't sit right with me. Mm. So what is this? Why isn't Why isn't there a wall of orange, like there usually is? Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I just think I don't know. I just saw a lot of people who got to have their taste of it, and part of it was like. Like I don't enjoy watching football that way, and going to the games was amazing. Just, but and the atmosphere, like the atmosphere at the Argentina games I went to, was like it was incredible. Honestly, unbelievable. And same with the Brazil games to a point, pretty much. But I don't know. I just think I think the it was such a clear snapshot of like the global game, and. It made me think that one, you can't escape it, and it it will continue to run away from us. But also, yeah. that's not that it's not those fans' fault. No, no, it's I'm what's not been it's what's been kind of provided to them. And mm. also, you kind of, I don't know, you can't shut off the world from football. You know, like you're talking about football heritage. You're essentially you're saying, you know, you kind of. I mean, cause obviously there's it's a better heritage than um, Qatar. But like, where does, where does football heritage start? Like at what, at what well, point? I, well, because the one next one's going to be in America and America didn't give a shit about, you know, football, soccer, whatever for a long, long time. Cup? And it took time and it took, you know, it takes time and it takes opportunity. It takes an, a world cup in 1994 to, 
you know, to excite and inspire people. Do you, you know what I mean? More of an argu- yeah, you make you make more of an argument for, um, you know, Eastern or Western Africa. You can make more of an ar- even an argument for Saudi Arabia. They've been in the World Cup before. Qatar have had zero impact, zero football f- footprint. Saudi Arabia do. Mm. Western and Eastern Africa do. Never been World Cups there. And I know there's, there's issues in infrastructure and, and, and whatnot. So Western Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, you could hold a World Cup there, but it's never even... You know, it's Qatar. That comes back to FIFA from that point of view, doesn't it? Like it, all of it comes back to FIFA. All yeah. of it. All <laughs> yeah, of it yeah. comes back to them. You know, it's a fucking scumbag. That weird guy. You know, he lives in Qatar. I hear the day. The, Does the, it? The, the, so, so every. I, I, it seemed like every game, a couple of minutes in, they would show him, and I remember thinking, and the crowd would boo, and you yeah. just go, why even showing him? It's this. Just like odd what was he so saying what, what was he saying yeah i i, I understand because i was uh i don't know man. we've discussed this so many times it's been this is this is the thing this is like they've just been they've gone through all of this sort of the the moral and ethical things and how they got it but it doesn't matter what anyone says you know like the fifa are going to be what fifa are time immemorial. nothing's going to change with that they'll just run out of corrupt states to give it to <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, well i guess this is the thing is like see this is the problem is that you're going to go okay well okay we'll stop it now right that's enough now like things like you know like the teens that are being bought right now and like man if man united and liverpool get bought by these corrupt countries it's like okay we, you've got everyone has to just give up on this like moral high ground yeah, because it's done. yeah it's, it's so done du- it feels so done yeah the horse is bolted for sure the like it's, it's how i was like I, I won't mention any specifics but someone i know decided not to do any content around the world cup couldn't do it not doesn't fit ethically sound with me and i was like well you better think about stopping watching the premier league because you think this you think this is that they're not nuts deep in our domestic game already Mm. Because they are, and it will come to a point where everybody is owned by some sort of nation state or insanely rich person with a political agenda has money to burn, and only uh, an, only a political agenda to serve or some sort of um, face making exercise afoot to, behind the football club, and then you'll have your super league. It just we will be called the Premier League. Yeah. I found myself, and I, I still need to work on it, like because it's still kind of in my mind. But what I was sort of saying was that, like, because there was some. The, this is what I mean. When I think when you're so far away from it, you you don't see like the families going to these games and really, really. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Enjoying it, right? You, all you see is the top, you know, the top line corruption of it. And I, I get it. But there's still kind of, there's still elements of good that have come from that tournament, Definitely right? But what I found myself thinking was like, 
what can we all just like leave each other alone? <laughs> I was just like, I'm trying to think like, cause I don't want, like I want my football my way mm. and I want to like, you know, love who I want to love. And I want everyone else to be able to love who they yeah. want to love. Like said, so all like I just found myself kind of going, "Can everyone just fucking leave? Can everyone just shut up?" I just like, and then like the hypocrisy in all of it is like, my channel is me giving my opinion. This, I'm yeah, yeah. doing it right now. I'm telling everyone to shut up on on in a sure microphone, like yes. it that will go out yeah, yeah, to yeah. my followers. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm just like everyone's. Everyone's just shouting. It's just noise everywhere. And I just kind of, I feel like no one's taking a second just to like, and everyone's right. Everyone thinks they're right. I'm just like really struggling with it. And it, I don't know. I think that just being at the cold face of the hypocrisy of all of it, because I'm actually seeing some nice elements of a, of a World Cup and a lot of mm. joy and a lot of fans coming out and celebrating their team and all these things. And I'm just like, everything's, Everyone's just shouting all the time. Can we just get on? <laughs> nah. But you, but you can't. You're right. Like this concoction of hypocrisy is absolutely everywhere. Absolutely yeah, everywhere. And, and, uh, yeah, and, and the problem is, and this is this is what I, I've come to appreciate, is you've got to remember that football, and I've said it so many times, that football is it's a pastime. It's supposed to alleviate stress. It's supposed to give something, um, uh, uh, you know, give a break from all the normal mundane things you have to do in life. Mm. You know, when you're at a football, when I used to go to football, uh, you know, regularly, and go and watch Spurs regularly, whether we were winning or losing, it was 90 minutes away from wh whatever shit I had going on in my life. And I didn't, you literally go into your football stand. When you go to Loftus Road, you go in to watch your football team and everything disappears apart from what you, uh, you know, ev everything in your life more or less just goes away, fades into the ether because mm. you're at the football. And, and and there's too much going on on the pitch typically to 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 engage your so your brain can't engage on on the other things, and then you're asking people to give a shit about all this other stuff like, you know, like like the Super League or or like like price price rises and uh, ticket prices and mm. obscene amounts of money play, players get paid like people just want to just block all that out and watch the football. They just want to watch the football, have a nice day with their family, nice day out with their family, couple of jars down the pub, maybe some food afterwards, and then go back. That's what it's, they want. Yeah. But what's happening? What's happening with the Qatar World Cup? And and you you can't not talk about. It, you can't ignore it in the Premier League. There's always <laughs> something to be fucking angry about. And most people yeah. just want to just crack and enjoy their football. And do you know what? It was um. It made me really think about what I what I do and what I stand for. Like because. I just um I think I I think I kind of lost my way a little bit in terms of like my voice on the chat on my channel because you're just trying to keep going. Mm. And um it made me really it made me sort of take stock of okay, what can I control and what can I what's a place I can create that can be a safe space for others, for the people that align with me. That and <laughs> I know that sounds a bit like over the top, but that almost like excited me like of, of thinking because basically also like being out there with Sky, you're talking to a lot of people at Sky and, you know, we all have our ambitions and we're like, we're where, where are we trying to get to? And then you're working at a World Cup and thinking, OK, so this is what people do when they work at a World Cup. OK, I'm watching you. All right. OK. And then watching myself. And it's honest, it's just been it's been really mind blowing in terms of like, what do I want to do? How do I want to experience a World Cup, and and what do I want to do what, with my career as well? Huh? How do people? How do people um, work at the World Cup? That's different from other things you've seen. They're was, knackered. They're was... absolutely knackered. Like they're not enjoying it. They're they're not. Like, I I was so desperate to be there. Um, and then I was so fortunate to to be there. Um doing a show and then that's it and obviously mate i mean th th i was broken by the end of it 
absolutely broken. What's, what, what, yeah, so what? So because this is normal for you, like it's been your normality for the last three weeks. But what was your days like? What 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 did you have to do? How much work did you have to do? What? So was it just the morning, and then you had to get, then you could go and watch football. Or? So first of all, I was walking like 23,000 steps a day. Because, so let me break down my day. Okay. So once the tournament started, it was like this. So Qatar three hours ahead. And so what I found myself doing, and a lot of the best games were, the best games were at 10 o'clock at night. Right? So let's say... So what's that time? Saturday's so the 7 o'clock game. Seven o'clock, 7 o'clock for you guys, yeah. So the game tonight will be at 10 o'clock. Starts at 10 o'clock. So it takes an hour to get there, then half an hour to get in. You want to be there, um, you know, half an hour before the game kicks off. So let's say an hour and a half, right? So you get there for 9.30. So you've left at, um, what are we doing? Seven. No, eight. Eight, right? So you've left at eight to get there. The game's 10 till 12. Let's say 10 past, quarter past 12, because of all the um, extra time that's been afforded this year which I quite liked, actually. Um, So then you've got to try and get out. It would always always take at least an hour to just kind of get out of the stadium to a metro. You've then got... That's if you had a metro near your stadium. So I, I told you this story where... Al Janoub, which is one of the one of the stadiums where I went to one of the games, I can't remember which one now. Um, basically, the metro station is a fifty-three minute walk from the stadium. So what they had was they had coaches, and then they had taxis. Anyway, long story short, I waited like well over an hour and a half, and then couldn't get an Uber because no one could get near me. But an Uber was willing to stand still on a motorway. So I had to run 2K to get to that car to get home. Anyway, so you game finishes at 12. It takes you at least two, two and a half hours to get home. Sometimes even longer. I think it was, I, I was three o'clock one time after a game in LaSalle. You get home at three. You're like wired by that point. So you kind of like takes you a second to calm down, get yourself to sleep. Let's say you get to sleep about half three at best you then <coughs> you then need to get up we needed to get in a cab to go to the souk wakif where our studio was at 11 before that because i was like oh because uh, without getting into the money of it all the money wasn't great um i was and i was thinking i need to do videos because i also want to i wanted to you know cover the tournament so I would then get up early at about eight and try and do some videos generally. And then also go and have breakfast because I knew I needed breakfast because of what's to come. So 11 o'clock, I would then, so I've had what about four or five hours there. 11 o'clock, I would then go to Sukwa Keith, where the studio was, would do the show, finish the show at about one, half one. And the games were starting at one. So if I had a game at um, four, because there's games at one, four, six and ten or something like that, eight or ten, something like that. You find yourself then going to two games during the day. There's that same cycle of it takes an hour and a half to get to it. It takes two hours for the game. It takes an hour and a half to get out. You've then got to get to the next ground. And often yeah. I was going to the 10 o'clock game. So you, in terms of getting food and lunch, you had that window between one and two generally to eat lunch. And then you're at a 10 o'clock game again. And the cycle goes around again. You did that for like 30 days. How long was you out there for? Three weeks? So you did that for the group stages. And then after all, I would generally do, I was doing two games quite often. But then it just started to break. You started to break down a little bit so you then but then even if you just you, um, do the 10 o'clock actually, games you, you like you're still getting you're getting home at three you're getting up at, and, the, and the cycle happens again yeah so Fogden you, um, you actually, is an is an absolute monster i don't know how he's done it i don't know how he's done it what what, what did he do he's gone to every game <laughs> he's, he's, he's a, every game. yeah 
And and oh, it's um, unbelievable. What was he what driving? Could you get could you get a car out there? Could you hire a car? So what they did, they got these sort of scooter things, um, which made a big difference apparently to them. Like an electric scooter. Yeah, they were able to get a hold of them. So he was one of the. So the guy, I can't remember his name now, but the guy was a producer with Thogden who followed him around. He said we'd go in the wrong direction to get one of these scooters because in the long run, it like he obviously got us to these places. Whoa. What was it like a, an app that you could you could get the get these scooters? Is that what? So no, there were just sort of few knocking about at different times. I don't know how they were able to get their hands on them, but because um, I sort of, I broke down in the end. I was like horrifically ill. I still feel mass, like pretty ill now because that's the other thing is that. So this is the other thing is the the air condition. So the irony. There were so many amazing moments of irony. So here's three off the top of my head. So the first one was at half time in games so you had air con- the stadiums were air conditioned so you'd go to the stadium and then you'd get in the stadium and you'd be freezing because it's because because there was jets of air like on your ankles and stuff so i'd often bring a jumper or oh there's a i think there's a photo of me somewhere i went to the wales usa game i had my coat on like and it's obviously hot in qatar so first amazing bit of irony was um at half time they'd play these videos of how, of how you should recycle to be sustainable, which we would watch in our air-conditioned stadiums that we were sat in. It was like, oh, my word, like, are you serious? <laughs> the second the second most... Uh, uh, sorry, it's not ironic. It's just funny. Another weird thing that was f- funny in the stadiums was... So you had these um, stadium announcers, and obviously there's a sort of way of talking, isn't there, where you go, they were trying to big up the crowd all the time, and they were talking like this, all the time. And there's a goal scorer, and his name's Gareth Bale. And then there's this amazing moment where, do you remember Wales-Iran? I went to Wales-Iran. Yeah, 2-0 game. 2-0 game, that's it. Both late goals. And... um, Wayne Hennessy got sent off. And so one thing they do at these games is when someone gets booked, they announce it like during the middle of the games, you know, 33 minutes. Um, Flav Bateman has a uh, booking for England. Flav Bateman. And they do that. Anyway, this presenter or host or whatever, she got so sort of caught up in there. Right. It's, start, it's the start of the second half. Go wild, yeah! Doing that all the time. Go wild, <laughs> whatever it would be like. So she got Wayne Hennessy gets sent off. She has to announce <laughs> she's been sent off, and she goes sending off for number number one from Wales, Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so good. And I was just looking around, and we got all these all these Wales fans with bucket hats going. <laughs> Um, so that was really funny. The most ironic thing of the entire trip was uh, England, US. We left the... Oh, I've got a story about that as well, actually. I I, I couldn't... I'm, I'm sure we'll have some Americans, but I couldn't handle the... I was, sat, I was sat with the Americans and I had to leave. I couldn't handle it. Because... <laughs> I, but, what was it, the uh, charting? The, I couldn't handle the charting. I just uh, let's I, go I, USA. Let's go. So, because we got there, I, I'll say the, the yeah, final line thing. But the, I basically, I walked, I walked in. I was, I was thinking, okay, where am I sat? And then there's loads of American flags. I think, oh no, I want to be with the English. <laughs> I want to be with the English fans. And um, so we get there, and I, I'm stood there for a second. I'm thinking, uh, I might, because like you said, there were seats uh, knocking about. And what was interesting was that you could basically. All of the stadiums, whatever level you were on, you could walk the whole way round. So, for example, I was in Wales, US, and I was in one corner. And my mate, who's a Wales fan, Kai, you know Kai, he was around the other side. But we were on the same level. So I just walked the whole way round and went and sat with him. Um, So when it gets to this game, I want to be with the England fans. And I go, I sit down and... There's all these England, uh, all these American um, flags, and then a guy comes, starts to come down. He's about fifty. And he's got a Gerard shirt. And I go, oh, okay, good. All right, it's not just we've got some England fans there. Great, great, great. And he goes, and this this guy in the Gerard shirt goes, 
He goes, thank God, another England fan. <laughs> and I, I was like, my head's just sort of like exploded. I was like, what? <laughs> so he's, he's obviously like, I don't know, I guess he's gone to America. He's got an English accent, uh, American accent, but he's got an English shirt on. And he yeah. sits in front, he stands in front of me. He's like, you ready to go? And I was like, oh, no. And then I was thinking, okay, I might need to go here. I know I might need to make the make the move. And then the announcer goes, "Let's uh, let's hear the starting lineup for um America um for the USA." And he goes, he goes, "Who cares? They suck." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm out, I'm out. I just left. I had to walk out and go around around the other side. Um, but the, yeah, the most ironic thing of the whole trip, sorry, was we drew nil nil with the USA, and we come out and we're walking and we're. Fortunately, Sky would, had a, a driver and had a van, so we could go to this car park in the middle of nowhere. And there he was. We'd have to wait about an hour for everyone to arrive. As we walked out, music was blaring, and I thought, I, I know that song. Guess what the song was? Was it Sweet Caroline? YMCA. <laughs> See, <laughs> it's like. They're play. They were playing YMCA. Da, da, da. Da, they da, probably da, don't da, know. Da, 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 da. They just didn't know. I don't know. There's a place you can go. <laughs> I was like, wow. But yeah. What did you, um, Jim? You, you know, you talked about like originally you planned to go there for like three weeks, or you you'd been that was your part of your work, and then they asked you to stay to the end. You actually timed it quite well. I know you'd like to. Yeah, smashed it, didn't I? Absolutely smashed yeah. it. So it's already still out there. No, so Rory, uh, Rory had to come back um, due to right. sort of a, a family thing. Um, yeah, he, but yeah, so he was good. I've, he was so excited. He was so what so excited that? just being there, and he was like, "I could live here." <laughs> just like, oh, really, yeah, because he sort of, you know, he just starts like, and I watch. I was a bit nervous watching the England game with him because I said, to, and I sort of had a chat with him before. I was like, "I can't have you bashing Southgate during the, during the game." We, we just need to support the lads. He was like, oh, of course, of course, of course. Um, and it was good. It was really good watching the game. With James, them, what, let's, let's actually talk a little bit about England. I'm wondering what you think. Because what do you think, you know, there's this talk about Southgate. Um, you know, should he stay? He's talking, he's t- it's basically up to him. The FA would definitely want him to say that, mm. that, that, that they're basically, you know, if, he'd probably, probably get him to sign a new contract if he wanted one. I think... Based on our performances, especially the one against France, that he should be given the Euros as well. Yeah, so I did a, I did a sort of, um, I, you know, pure waffle, I guess. But I did like a thirty-eight minute video just talking to camera yesterday about all of this. Yeah. So uh, I did. So I, I agree with you, and I, I have a slightly different feeling on it. Like I, I'd be okay with him leaving because he has had a, he's had a good crack at the whip. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And he, okay. he, he should be remembered as one of our greatest ever managers. And and what happens is that the next one, it's kind of like it's all or nothing in terms of like he's a failure because he has had you know two Euros, two World Cups. If he, if he doesn't win it, um, I think he's. I, I, I've seen progression in terms of our performances, and you can see no, where it's heading. Um, yeah, there was no one who was like. Usually, there was. There's a massive gap between England and other teams. Like, the best two or three in the tournament are miles ahead of us. Mm. That that isn't the case. That just isn't the case. Like going into that quarterfinal, I couldn't tell you who the best team in the tournament was. You, you'd look at France on paper and you think it was them. You look at the performance between England and France. I know that France and Deschamps play that style of football. They've always countered. They won the World Cup with thirty-eight percent possession or something like that. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, was it the Euros or the World Cup? Euros. Um, no, the World Champions. Yeah, yeah, they won the World Cup. Yeah, so. So I understand that given the players they are to sort of set and counter, it's perfect for them. But we caused them lots of problems, lots and lots of problems. And we, if if you if that game was a draw and there was a replay, for for example, in, in England, you'd be going, England played them off the park, should have beat them. But the fact is, the nature of the tournament is that they they won that that the, the goal, the the long range goal, whoever scored it, I can't remember who scored it. Too many, yeah. That that was like. Yeah, that was like a you know, it was a, it, it was a great effort, but you know, nine times out of ten they. Don't He's got so yeah, I'm disappointed. That shouldn't be going in. Both goals are so preventable. Yeah, so plus cool. there's the, the there's the foul on um, on Saka in the middle. Yeah, that's a joke. There's, yeah, there's we should have had probably had three penalties. Kane 
doesn't typically miss penalties. There was a lot of reasons that a lot of things happened that are completely out of Southgate's control. The reason why we went out of the World Cup was nothing to do with Southgate's tactics or his or, or the way he set up. I thought they were, I thought they were fantastic. And even even in the press, you know, the broadsheets, sorry, the tabloids that really go after England when they go out, they were all very like philosophical about it. Right. I I, I think you you walk away from this apart from. You know, even even Kane didn't get slaughtered. I mean, he got slaughtered on Twitter because that's fucking what Twitter is. Mm. But typically, you know, it, it's been like a it's just one of those things kind of kind of mentality. And I think going into this tournament, I was like, this is one hundred percent Southgate's last tournament. Yeah, like that was where I was mentally. I was like, it's got to be, and then we'll find someone new who can make better use of the this this incredible bunch of players that we have. But now I'm going. That was fine. It was unfortunate we went out, but that's football. Only one team can win it. Let's see what he does in in the Euros. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I think that's completely... It's interesting how... He's he's actually... It's mad, isn't it? That he's gone out in the quarterfinals and he's actually won a lot of people over. His stock's gone up. Yeah, I feel like he has won a lot of people over. For me, yeah. as I've said numerous times, my concern is the succession plan. Like, he's obviously not going to be... What I really want... I'm okay with him having another one. like Because I think he's a great manager. I really do. But I do, th- but I think there needs to be a very clear plan in place of who's the next person. Yeah, yes, go on then. What, what, who do you think? I, t- so I-, I think it's, I think it's so naive to think that top managers. Well, I, I think we have to. It, it has to be English coaches, and so you're always going to have someone who, who's not going to be totally experienced or up to it. As the like, as as pe- people who are, who are stupid in my opinion, yeah, the context that's the it. Is completely different. The, co- the but the context of it is that is if you if you're a really amazing English manager, you'll have a job. So what yeah. you, so the way that you get around that is that you yeah. give someone you give someone that you think has real potential the time to develop and experience in a safe space that is as part of the backroom staff of England, mm. like like Holland do we have to do that and it's an incredibly it's a brilliant vehicle and opportunity for us to give more to almost uh give uh, english coaches uh, an escalator to the top of management yeah there needs to be some sort of plan behind the scenes to engineer the managers and, and give them the training they need so that they're ready for that job, not just cherry pick ones from club football. Do you know? Good... Do you know who's be an amazing it example? It's like England DNA thing. The reason why we're having this. Sorry, sorry to cut you. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. No, um, there was this. There's uh, about. We talked about this previously, but about I would say twelve years ago, there was this initiative set up by the FA. Might have been even longer, and it was simply titled England DNA, and it was about um, renovating and making St. George's Park um, suitable for training up a new crop of, of young players, but also getting those young players to playing in a way that was different from what we'd been used to for England, which was a lot about physicality and power. Let's create a bunch of young players that are technical and very comfortable on the ball. And let's do this on mass, that they go through the ranks together, all with the same philosophy, all with the same idea of how football should be played. And see what happens. And what actually happens? We won the under seventeens World Cup. We mm. won under nineteens, and the, uh, another one with players like Josh and Onomo, who didn't never really made it properly in the Premier League. Can't remember. I think he plays for Wednesday now. Can't remember. Um, but but you're right. Like, but we've seen that in we've actually seen that in that fi- in that quarter final. Bellingham, Rice, like you've seen, you've Rashford, that energy, Saka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all there. It's very lovely. It's really English. There's an English identity to that style of play as well, which I think people really, really like. Um, Morgan says, like Holland do, Van Gaal's been there three times. Look, yeah. Uh, So what I mean when I say that, I mean like when Van Basten came through, they seem to have turned their way, uh, turned their back on it a little bit. But I think, look, people will laugh at this, but if you strip away... It, all the misdemeanors someone like john terry would have been a perfect example of someone who's been with the best as a player is clearly like wants to be a coach and has been a good coach and you could give him you know the tournaments to give him that different perspective he's obviously seen it as a player and then when southgate goes he steps in like that's people will go oh but they, you know you need the best experience blah 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 
we've tried that with Capello and these other people, and it, it ha- and it hasn't worked. And also, again, the context as as Southgate, Southgate, and, the, Southgate. and the context of international football is that that's why Van Hal keeps going back is because he's one of the few people who's got the experience but wants to do the job. So, and and what's embarrassing about English coaching is that we don't there aren't enough opportunities for for our managers. So it might look a bit clunky to start with. But you then start to create a pathway where then Jordan Henderson stops, has done his badges already, and then goes straight into that that coaching setup, spends eight years or whatever it is, four years in that setup, and then we let him have a go. Like I know it sounds bad needs, saying let have a go, needs, but but that's the way around it. That's how you have English managers because it has to be an English manager. It's embarrassing for it not to be, in my opinion. But you you, you develop managers. Sorry, develop players before they get on the pitch on the big stage. Like, you think of the amount of players that Ajax have developed through the youth academy. Yeah, great that point. Were ready for first, ready for first team football way before they 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 actually got Look at a Jude job Bellingham. Or, sorry, got, got, got an opportunity. Yeah, Jude Bellingham's an excellent example, right? So, see, he was ready. Even Deli Ali was ready way before he ever got his first cap. And it's about developing managers in the same way to some degree. And I don't think that it, maybe that does happen elsewhere. I'm not sure, but 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 really, what we do? I mean, and we we talked about it on the last fan standing show we do with Bet Victor. Um, we was like, well, who's next? And I did the, had the conversation with Adam McCola, and we obviously went through what who was listed in, in terms of odds, and what we came to was someone like Jose Mourinho or Pochettino, because it just seems like. What do you do? You just pick. Well, Pochettino is available and has has done well, but his no skill set isn't suited. To, he's not, no, 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 no. Takes that no job and, either. But 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 you'd be foolish to, and we'd be foolish to hire him merely because his skill set. And I've seen it play out at Tottenham, at Southampton, at Espanyol. The only time it, he he didn't do well, and and then his his sort of reputation was. Uh, stunted somewhat was with, with PSG, which was, which would have been a similar thing to managing England. Mm. You've got players that are incredible at doing what they do, and they have a massive career, huge money. All you got to do is set them up right. Whereas Pochettino molded something, and he needed to be there week day in day out with his players to do it. The skill set for England is completely different. Do you, and and you know what? I've realised a better example. Forget Holland. Look at Argentina. Look at Scaloni. They've tried everyone. Absolutely everyone to get a balanced, uh, cohesive team. And Scaloni had n- has not done another job. This is the only job he's done. And he's gone on a 32-game unbeaten run. And he's got a team quite possibly, you know, very close to being in the final, if not in the final. So so th- I think is, is it's... His only job is Argenti- Argentina? Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but because he's, like, he played it. for Argentina, they saw qualities in him. Like... What There's the so many managers. Was, he yeah. went straight into exactly, the- exactly. That's it. The only thing that, that, and that's what I said in my video yesterday, was that like, whoever that person is, people will turn their nose up at them anyway, because you'll have people going, you know, you have these people who just go get Mourinho in or get Pochettino in. It's not. It doesn't when, work. When have you ever? You know, when we there's a clamour to change the England England manager. When have you ever seen it work where it just suddenly goes, oh, right, dead. sorry, this guy sussed it. It never worked. Get Sven-Goran Eriksson. He was at Lazio. He knows what he's doing. Come in. It was all right. And then we sacked him. Got Fabio Cabello. Did well in the qualifiers, as we always do. Got to a major tournament. <coughs> we were awful. Scored one goal in the group stages or whatever it was. It, you know, Sam, Sam Allardyce probably <laughs> would have had a, a decent level, probably a similar sort of record as, as those two guys. Like, it's it's just sacking sacking Southgate for you know for for Mourinho or Pochettino right now doesn't improve it. I don't think it just and gives people that momentary. Oh yes, let's get something new, and then they realise the same problems will occur. But you know, and also, and I've got to go after this. But the it it how it feels matters. It does matter how it feels. And and it, it being an English person 
it's all part of it, you know. And people go, oh, you know, that's whatever, xenophobic, blah, 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 blah. But look at Argentina. Look at Argentina. Look at these different countries. They celebrate their country, their people. And that's okay. That's in that footballing sense, it's okay. And the Argentina yeah. songs, there's all these amazing songs, mate. And I asked an Argentina fan about like what 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 do they all mean? And he said, they all mean all the songs are about how lucky they are to be Argentinian. Yeah. How fucking great is that? That is incredible. That yeah. is incredible. And that's and they, what they, that's what it they, needs they, to be about. Not about our oh, centre back's got a massive nut. Like it's <laughs> it's like we're we need to honestly England fans but, need to really have a real look at themselves like and go, why why have we not made up these let's not have these terrible songs that we're hearing with people's singing like choir boys let's let's make up fun long brilliant songs about every single player that we've got we can if we want to but it's not what we do we but but you're asking people i reckon i would say it's hard mate it's hard you're you're talking about culture we're going back to culture again you know you look at the songs that rangers and celtic fans used to sing or they're not allowed to sing them but i'm sure some of them still do the, the secretarian songs it, it dictated everything they they sung about and same like it, with croatian songs i bet they're very nationalistic you know because of the, the, the yeah, breakdown of what's that. happening in their country argentina have, uh, you know that it ha- has been a um i think we can build it though and i think it'd be a lot more enjoyable and i think people will enjoy it as well um, well our I'll... nationalistic stuff is like 10 german bombers in the sky that, well that's, that's it so we need to rewrite all this stuff that's what i'm saying yeah, like, because i'll tell you what i tell you what you watch these argentinian fans they're having a ball. They're having an absolute ball. Um, I've got to go. Um, All right, pal. But guys, love to have a little chinwag. Wait, I mean, sort of football chat. We will. It'll, it'll be funny next week. I promise you, it'll be funny next week. Um, lovely to catch up, mate. Um, we'll we'll try and do a yeah. mailbag this week as well uh, for the patrons. Um, massive apologies for being rubbish, um, but we're back now. We're back. We're back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.